Hello time travelers, this is your GM for the Kids on Bikes campaign, The Red Bridge. Welcome to our community of role players, where we relive and reimagine growing up throughout history. Our inaugural campaign is The Red Bridge, and it takes players back to the late 80s, early 90s, where they find friendship and adventure, and a little bit of horror. Or a lot of bit of horror. There's actually a good amount of horror. So viewer discretion is advised. Content warnings and disclaimers will be in the description below. The Red Bridge is a game within a game. So if you've ever wondered how can we make Jumanji even more horrifying, this is the campaign for you. You can watch each episode on YouTube at Age of Journey Podcast or listen to the episodes on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Aging Journey Pod for episode, future campaign updates, casting calls, and announcements. We hope you enjoy the show and enjoy the journey. Everyone roll a d20. And then let me know your number. Crit. Ooh. I got an 8. Who was that? Jimmy? Is your C8? I don't know. Should we re-roll? No. Yeah. Me and Are Jimmy you... should probably re-roll this. Roll, then I'll roll. Here's mine. That's a 9. Jeez, these points are really not liking me. <laughs> okay, Jimmy got a 5, 9. I got a 12. I got a 20. Should I re-roll that since they explode? <laughs> no. <laughs> just see what, how high yeah, you put a 46. <laughs> see how, if you could just continue to get more 20s. Okay, so then we have uh, Juke, Willow, Caleb, and Jimmy. That is the order. Um, and so how this is going to work is I am going to say something. I'm going to like say a sentence or I'm going to give an explanation of something. And then I'm literally going to say, Jimmy, answer this question, or Jimmy, make this up on the spot. Um, and then I will wait for you to think about it and give me your answer. And then I will actually be writing these down. They're locked in stone. Okay. And then after that, uh, you'll almost like you, you're kind of doing a, a fill-in of a piece of paper, but you don't know the whole story. I will then tell the whole story. It's Mad Libs. Uh, it's Mad <laughs> It's literally oh Mad Uh Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So first we are going to start with... Hmm, should I open that? Well, you guys can see it. Well, I'll, I'll have you guys make this decision. Do you all want to just navigate around Discord to like see stuff that I want everyone to look at? Or do you want me to pull up stuff in Let's Roll and just share my screen? In that case, I need to jump on Let's Roll. Let's Roll? Discord. I'm, I'm Discord? cool with either. Yeah. I, I do not care. Either. Discord's fine oh. with me. Okay. Willow? Discord may be a bit more reliable for me. Okay. Then everyone go to the uh, Game Maps channel. And you will see uh, the town of Shady Creek. We all remember that? <clears throat> we made that a long time ago. Um, and since then, I have kind of flushed it out, and I've even flushed it out even more than you see here. 
uh, because the sections that have more than one building, you'll have to do like a, a zoom in to see what every building is in those sections. Um, but that's not here at the moment. However, this is going to be the first thing we're going to look at. We're going to look at, we're going to basically flush out your hometown of Shady Creek. And then we're going to flush out the fantastical game, the Red Bridge. And then we're going to flush out the imaginary land of Avaria in that order. So Shady Creek, we have the hills. So if you guys open up the little map, you will see that B, as in boy, is the hills. And it's on the uh, left like corner, left uh, south corner of the map. And it's a whole bunch of B um, that you'll see. And so let's see who we're we starting with. So Duke, where do you live? Like within the hills? Yeah. So uh, we have you, we have a little complex right in front of Clem Woods, a little complex right in front of Kids Park. There's a complex across the street from a daycare and then two complexes that are across the street from the fire station. Um, I would say the, um, the top right one, the one near Kids Park. Okay. So you live in front of Kids Park, which means you also live just across from the elementary school. So you are probably the closest to the elementary school. And then what area would you say your character would have a connection to? Would there be a place you like to go visit often? Would there be a place that you would meet up with, you know, one of your friends that live in the same uh, neighborhood? And, and then you can also ask me questions about some of the areas as well as like the park and the woods okay so do you want me to invent a new place or choose a place on here that and, and describe it um choose a place on here and describe it okay um in this area or anywhere um any place you think you would have a connection to okay or your character would and that um, connection can be anything yeah i i'm gonna say clementine park okay is where juke tends to hang out and uh just kind of bum around sometimes but also um do uh, like skateboarding practicing tricks and um constantly banging his head and elbows on the concrete mm, okay so clementine park does clementine park have a skate park i don't think it has a skate park but it has um like like a fountain uh an area with Ooh. benches um like a stairway going around it's a very like constructed park where you're skating illegally yes he's definitely not officially allowed to be skating there um but there's there are a lot of good uh good makeshift like rails and jumps and mm -hmm. things like that yeah so it's a it's a really nice park but it's a park it's one of those walking parks so there's like mm -hmm. a lot of paths and there's like rails and things for like accessibility where they 100 percent do not want people skateboarding there's yeah, signs and they want you off the benches, but there's always borders there. When you go, are there other people that also skate? Or are you yeah. like the only skater in town? I think there are, there are a few others. Okay. Um, probably some older high school kids who Juke mm -hmm. really wants to impress uh, mm -hmm. with his skating um, and t t tends to just end up getting himself hurt in front of them, banging his head on the no skating sign. Excellent. 
Okay. Are you a good skater? Or are you just kind of, are you just learning? How long have you been skating? I think I, not, not, a, not a very long time. I don't think he's good, but he is daring. Uh, so he's like willing to just go for it, which is, is good in its own way. Um, so he can, he can, he can impress some people, uh, and get some laughs, but he's not technically a good skater. Excellent. Excellent. Love it. So let me make some notes. Okay. Willow, if you look at the hills, where do you think Willow would live? Her and her family. We, uh, the, uh, the complex right, like right below Clum Woods. Okay. Okay. And then what area on the map do you think Willow would have a, the, a connection with? I think like Persimmon Park be a Persimmon? place she would probably go to hang out with. For Simmon Park, which is O. Okay. Yeah. Or no, where she like hangs out with Jimmy is most likely going to be in like Clem Woods. Right. So where do you think you would have yeah, like the strongest connection? Would it be Persimmon Park or Clem Woods? Clem Woods. Okay. And let's flesh out Clem Woods. What do you do in Clem Woods? What does it look like? I think it would be like it would be like kind of overgrown. I'd imagine where maybe there's like a few old little paths, tiny little streams from like maybe a lake further away. You know, the like she would like go and explore, look for, you know, whatever weird bugs or possible fish maybe in those streams, looking around the trees and possibly even having a tree house somewhere in there. Is this a old tree house that's was there for a long time or is this a tree house that you or someone in your family built? I would, I would imagine that it's, a like, it's just a very rickety, definitely not well made tree house that she made, or she and possibly Jimmy helped make. Oh, so you made it yourself as like children? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, that's, that's probably a hazard. Um, oh um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but you know, that's that's the point of it. You can't. It's not fun if there ain't some sort of hazard to it. I see. What what did you make it out of? She probably stole some like planks from like you, you know how some houses have like an and like their house is raised so they have a bunch of boards that line the bottom of it. She probably stole some boards from the bottom of her house one day from your own and just, just used it and just dragged into the woods and like had a like a either she either tried to she probably tried to throw them up into the tree first and then just decided to try and just climb it with the board to put the board up on the branches excellent are they nailed in or glued in probably tried to glue them in she's not allowed to have tools so she probably was not able to <laughs> nail in the boards that's great so it's it's literally just the rickiest most derpy tree house you'd see <laughs> that's lovely but it's it's your tree house <laughs> so i guess that's important um excellent uh, how, how often do <laughs> you guys go to this tree house probably probably a couple times each week definitely hangs out there during the weekend mm-hmm. possibly even tries to stay the night up there it's like here i'm gonna i'm gonna take my blanket and pillow and i'm gonna just spend the night up here out in the elements really because i don't think there's a roof right nope excellent 
she, she just goes in hopes that it doesn't start raining. That's great. Uh, how big is the tree? Is it like a really tall tree or is it like a derpy, like shorter tree where you can easily climb up? Or do you have to have like steps? It's probably it's probably more of a smaller, smaller tree, especially for like the, the original one that she made. made. Mm-hmm. So it'll probably be like lower, probably a bit older too. Where it's like more easy to climb, but she's definitely thought about trying to climb a taller tree, but dragging the boards up there it would probably be too hard for. Her. Right, right. Okay, so it's a smaller tree. Would it be short enough for someone like an adult, like maybe adult that was like six something foot, would they be able to get in like literally just by like climbing two steps? Or is it tall enough to where even an adult would need to get in, like, climb up something? It's tall enough to where, so if this adult is around six foot, he'd probably need to go up a couple steps on the step ladder to reach, like, the actual boards of where the tree, where the treehouse is. Who made the step ladder? You or Jimmy? I'm, I'm saying, for example, if they brought a step ladder out, they'd probably need to go up a couple steps before actually being able to reach it. Okay. So then what, how do you guys get up? into the treehouse climbing possibly bring a rope occasionally to help so there's no there's no other way to get up there except for just climbing the tree yeah okay gotcha you really just have to have the skill to get up there if you can't well Mm -hmm. good luck out in the woods do you guys ever allow other people in the treehouse other than you and jimmy or is it just you guys a special place all right so All right, so Jimmy and Willow, you know, they 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 see themselves as the ruler of this forest. So she she will try to bring other people, she such as Caleb, and try to like have them come to the treehouse. But before they won't they won't allow anyone up into the treehouse until they pass the gauntlet. I see. And what is the gauntlet? I think I think I have to actually go back to look at the exact rule things so it's mostly like it's mostly like finding things i believe wait a minute wait a minute you don't actually have to say it if you want to keep it to yourselves and then players can figure out what it is later so you make that choice i want to see because we gave we gave so you have to find these like simple objects but we gave them the most ridiculous names (laughs) thank you so 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 like i think i think one was they they had to find like a crawfish. I forget what we named it, but like a crawfish that's like by one of the streams, and you have to like try and grab a pebble from where it's like little hole is. Excellent. Okay. So it's like try not to try not to get nipped by the crawfish. I think one was like there's like a necklace up in a tree, uh, and it's just like try try and grab the necklace, and it's like we have no idea how the necklace got there. We have no clue. So it's just like where where there's all these different theories of how the necklace got. There's like maybe someone climbed up there, put it up there as a sign of love. Maybe it's just a ghost. A ghost just snuck a necklace. There's a couple of other things, but it's it's quite it's quite funny. Yeah, uh, I, I can't find them. No, I don't. But I think I understand. It's a series of trials um, that someone has to pass for them to gain entrance to probably the most unsafe. Uh, tree house building anyone has ever seen which is just amazing uh, this sounds like something you guys would have made a long time ago not in your teenage years so when did you yeah. all build this tree house well so originally 
because Willow was originally the one that made it, and then whenever Willow, not Willow, whenever Jimmy ended up becoming friends with her, he helped basically build it up more. So okay. she probably made this tree house whenever she was either maybe six or seven, and Jimmy coming around uh, some t- sometime after that. I forget when exactly, what age exactly, but okay. she that's like whenever she would have made like the original complete a trash of the treehouse. Gotcha. Okay. Excellent. Thank you. Let's see. Next is Caleb. Alrighty then. Caleb, where do you live in the hills? Uh, I'd say the one next to Crystal Creek Daycare because his parents thought, you know, it's easily accessible if he needs to go to daycare. Gotcha. And then what area on the map would you have the most connection to? Hmm. Oh, uh, definitely the Shady Mall. That's where he usually goes with the jocks or the cheerleaders to hang out. Oh, it's also right next to the retirement home. Perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you go to hang out with the jocks and the cheerleaders. What is your favorite spot in the mall? Hmm. I'd say probably the fast food area because it's perfectly positioned in the middle of the entire mall. So that wherever they need to go, if they want to go try on some new clothes or get some new shoes, there's a little spot to the left. If they ever want to mess around and like near the water fountain, they can just go off to the right. Or if they want to even sneak into the maintenance area, they can just sort of dip around the corner. Mm, Okay. So there's a water fountain in the center of the mall, close to the fast food area. And Uh, you're familiar with the maintenance area oh yeah uh caleb kind of (sighs) rules are meant to be interpreted when it comes to caleb Mm. you know staff only so as long as he's not caught not being a staff then well he's fine to visit yeah i think that's that's exactly how that works um (laughs) so this mall by the way is brand new they just opened the year you guys start school it is the hottest place everyone has been to in the last, you know, since 1995, because that's when it opened. Um, and it's very, very popular, particularly among, you know, some of the older kids. However, it's brand new. So are there any places in the mall or one particular place that is like your store? Like you go there so often that they know you by name by now. Um, you know, the employees, maybe some of your high school friends go there or work there part time. Hmm. I'd say probably some kind of not hardware maintenance, but sort of like a knickknack store that he tends to visit because Caleb always needs like different items or different things that he wants to either store in his bag or bring home. So any place that sort of opens up variety to him, he would absolutely eat up. Hmm. A variety store. Yeah. Think of it like yeah. dollar this, store or superstore, but for literally anything. Would this be a high class establishment or, you know, sometimes they got a, a few things in the back? Hmm. I'd say, you know, for story's sake, I'd say it's always had a weird vibe to it. It was tucked into the side of the mall. It didn't exactly exist when the mall first opened, but slowly, bit by bit, Caleb noticed uh, a new sort of concession moving in. And when it finally opened, he checked it out. Inside would be wood, far- wood uh, varnishing, 
It would have a very soft chandelier light, I guess. And the person at the front would, hmm, you know what? The person at the front would constantly change. The staff would never be the same. It was always someone different, but he would notice one person who stayed the same. This old man with a beard who would always greet him by name. Caleb by name. What's he, What's his name? Uh, Oh, no, he would always greet Caleb by name. Caleb oh, would have probably, hmm, I don't know well, if he would have figured out. Mr. Willock, Willock. Kind of, yeah, that's the name he got from, you know, the constant staff who are like calling out to him. He's probably the manager. That's why people are always looking towards him to manage the store. Excellent. A variety store with a weird vibe with a Mr. Willock as the manager. Lovely. Moving on. Last is Jimmy. Jimmy, where do you live in the hills? So I have a question. What? Of the five, like, building sections there, which do you think would be, like, the more expensive place to live? Uh, let's see. Well, probably the middle one. So the one in between Clem, the one next to Clem Woods, and the one on the far edge. Next to Clem Woods on the far edge? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so that that would be where he lives. Okay. Okay. Yeah, they're they're closest to the the amenities, the community pools and things like that. Okay. Yeah, that'd be where he lives. Okay. And then what place on the map would be your, um, would be closest or have a bigger connection? He spends the majority of his time at Clem Woods. I do have a question about the orchard. Is that like an active mm-hmm. orchard that people are working in or is it more of a, um, aesthetic? It is. Or- okay. So no, I- yeah, it, it is an active orchard. Yep. I think when he was really young, he would sneak into the orchard and hang out there a lot. But he got kicked out and chased out multiple times. So eventually, when he was around like 10 or 11, he migrated over to Clem Woods. And that's when he met Willow. Mm, Excellent. Okay. When you would go and sneak into the orchard, what was the thing you liked to do most? He, to explore, the orchard felt like this place where, especially, you weren't allowed to be, people were there. It felt like a busy, a busy place with, in the woods, and he just loved it. He loved um, being near people, but also kind of feeling like he wasn't supposed to be there. It kind of fed into that kingdom mindset of, like, these are my people. Mm-hmm. Okay. What did the orchard look like at, at night when it was all closed up? It was very spooky, but he was okay with that. Like, sure, there were lights around, like, the edges of the orchard because there were buildings and there was, like, the fairgrounds. But if you got into the heart of the orchard, it was really dark. The lights didn't get it go in as far. So it was quiet and spooky, and he really enjoyed it. Now, these are crab apple trees, which look like apple trees, only they're a little shorter than apple trees. And they have crab apples, which are much, much smaller. They're about the size of like a large cherry. Um, would you grab a snack of no. the orchard cherries? No. No, he does not like crab apples. Interesting. Now, you would get ran off. Mm-hmm. Why do you think they would run you off? Because they mainly just because they didn't want a kid underfoot while they were working around. Well, now you would sneak in at night, so oh, there's no enough. one there. Fair right? enough. I think mainly so... because they were concerned about, oh, maybe our this kid. We don't know what he's doing here. Don't know mm-hmm. whether he's messing with the product or what he's doing. So let's try and keep kids out of the orchard. Okay, so it's nighttime, and someone has to run you all out. Now this is a small town, so yeah. even though it is a working orchard. At night, they probably have, like, one guy 
or one lady or whoever, um, who is this person that can tell at this point who you from like a mile away? Yeah, uh, I think her name was Miss Ballo. And she was just kind of like a very muscular, big woman, uh, at least especially to Jimmy, because Jimmy's very short and very like he's much larger than he is. And so she would see him and run him off. And she wasn't mean about it necessarily. As the more often he came when she told him not to, she got a little a little bit more aggressive and uh, insistent that he leave. But yeah, not a mean, um... not a mean person, but just she's doing her job and she doesn't want to have to deal with kids in the orchard. Mm -hmm. Have you ever seen what Miss Balo, you said Balo, right? Okay. Have you ever seen what Miss Balo does when you sneak in before she catches you? Um, I don't think so. I don't think he's paying too much attention to what she's doing. He's kind of sneaking in. He's not really um, all that aware of his surroundings at that time. So it makes it easy for her to catch him out. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Excellent. Miss Balo is an, an older woman. She's not very young. Yeah, no, closer into like her 40s, maybe getting closer to her 50s. And now this is when you were younger. Yeah, that was just like when he was like seven up till he was like 10 or something. And now that you're a teenager, you don't go back to the orchard anymore. So. Not so much. He, since being run out of the orchards, he started going to Clem Woods and he met Willow there. And so he hangs out in the woods. Okay. If you saw Miss Balo out and about in town, you would recognize her or no? I think it would take him a minute. He would have to actually be like, wait, who is this? I, think I know this person. Oh, it's her. Would she forget you? I think it depends. If it was, if it's been a couple of years since she's seen him, probably. Because I'm sure she's run out multiple kids out of the, uh, the orchard. Excellent. Uh, anything else anyone has in terms of like questions or, um, Anything else you find of interest on the map? Like as we move through the campaign, you'll be able to, you know, continue to have connections with different places. This is just the kind of initial setup. So any questions about the map? I was curious about the conservatory because I do not remember what a conservatory is. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was just curious what that was. So this is a terrarium conservatory. Okay. It is essentially, um, so they have, like a little butterfly exhibit where you can actually go in and like be with butterflies that are uh, free. Um, they'll have like a little area where you can learn all about like butterflies and plants. And so it's essentially a, uh, a conservation, like a little tiny box of conservation efforts, okay. um, but for insects and plants. Okay. Uh, and what it kind of looks like from what I'm thinking is it's actually a glass, it's a huge glass uh, greenhouse, basically. Um, it's like a dome. Uh, and inside is like, you know, different biomes of plants. And they have like a butterfly room in the back and things like that. So it's, it's, a, it's a place where it's really popular with like school kids and children to go and like, you know, take a tour of the terrarium conservatory. Um, really popular. If people are coming into town. It's a good tourist spot, stuff like that. This is a very small town. So even though these places aren't walking distance, I mean, you could walk, it would take you maybe like two hours. These aren't like walking distance from like where you guys live, unless you live like across from a place. Um, but if you wanted to go like to Persimmon Park, um, you would want to take a bus because walking there would take a while. These are, they have huge parks. This is, they have more green space um, than most cities. 
because it's a small city. It's a, mount, it's a small town. You'll you'll notice that there's not a police station. Um, there is a in the office center. There's more stuff, which is V. There's like a there's like a printing press and um, what else did I put in there? I put in some other stuff in there. Uh, so in some of the areas where there are multiple buildings, uh, those will be flushed out. What is the uh, Stanford Communities? That is uh, essentially well. You know when you like see places that are called like luxury apartments, but it's in like not a great part of town. Ooh, yeah. So they are they are known as luxury condos, uh, luxury condo uh, communities, and they're really trying to improve uh, standing within the town um, by kind of putting luxury on everything. Uh, <laughs> so it's that's this that's the Sanford communities. It's a it's pretty large. It's the I think it's they're the second largest community. The Hills is the biggest one. And then it's the Sanford communities and then it's the Henry apartments. Um, and those are at the moment the only like living areas other than the retirement community. Okay. Uh, what about KSW manufacturing? Is that for like, well, there's already a hardware store. What's that one for? It is a toy manufacturer. Oh, yeah. I remember now. Okay. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Okay. You can always ask questions or get clarifications as we actually play in the map. Um, obviously, this is only the only first time. I mean, the only time you can ask questions about it, but that uh, gave us a good starting point. So if you all remember, I asked you to um, think about a rule of existence. Uh, so we are going to, again, roll a d20 and we're going to move on to figuring out information about the Red Bridge, the game. Oh, I probably should have asked for clarification on this. Are we making a rule of existence for the Red Bridge or for Shady Creek? For the Red Bridge. Okay, perfect. I got 17. Okay. I got 17 as well, but I have to... Ooh. Hmm. Oh. Okay. oh, yeah, look at that. Yeah. So should we re-roll to see who gets higher? Again? Uh, <laughs> uh, Hold on one second. Who who got the other seventeen? I know uh, uh, I I did, and then Caleb. Okay, and then uh, we'll get back to you two. But Willow and Jacob, I got a seven. Okay, so then Jimmy and Caleb, you can choose to either re-roll or I don't know, rock paper scissors, <laughs> battle to the death, <laughs> battle to the death. <laughs> With, I, uh, cha I challenge you to Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> Uh, you want to go first? Uh, I have to rethink th things through because uh, I was thinking this is this a rule for Ivaria or the Red Bridge? Is there a difference? Do I need to be concerned about it? Let me read the instructions because it's yeah. it's it's a little not complete complicated, but it it's it's interesting because Ivaria is in the game. Yes. So you, when you make a rule about the Red Bridge, you are making a rule about everything inside the Red Bridge, but also inside of what the Red Bridge could change or affect, which is also Shady Creek. So it's, eh, you know. Yeah. So the rule of existence uh, refer to a set of principles or constraints that define the boundaries and possibilities of the game. So these rules are binding and unbreaking. Yeah. These rules are meant to help you win the game. 
but are up to the interpretation of the world. Okay. And that includes the entire world, um, not just Avaria, but also Shady Creek. Uh, these rules establish the parameters for what actions and strategies are allowed, prohibited, or rewarded within the game. And the rules of existence can be written or verbal instructions, physical components or equipment, or a design of the game environment itself. Yeah. I have and, ideas, but I kind of okay. want to see what other people want to do first before I throw in mine. Okay. I have a few ideas, but I don't know if any of them will work now that I know it's possibly, uh, like you said, prohibited stuff or different rules. Mine is more like a, I guess it's more of a benefit now that I think about it. Okay. Well, let's, let's, let's talk it out. All right. Oh, could mm-hmm. I ask that? Yeah. Could you, could you give an example of, of it? Cause like, I kind of understand it, but my brain honestly can't process what it means. Yes, I think I gave an example. Yeah, you have uh, your examples in the in-game chat. In-game example, chat. Um, words hold power in Avaria, whatever that means. Uh, the land is a spirit that you can talk to. Those are some examples. So, so what if you communicate with if you, uh, the land? So essentially think of when you read the rules of a game, of like a game of imagination, um, they'll they'll tell you certain parameters like okay you can you know when when you roll you can roll doubles kind of like the rule of this game um if you want to skip you know your your roll or you want to skip you have to give it to another player you have those like mechanic rules of like how you play a game and then you have rules of like what of how you're playing in imagination so if you want to be able to speak to literally the ground itself as if earth had its own autonomy then you would make a rule that, well, the land is its own spirit and you can actually commune with it or talk with it. Um, so it can, it can, unfortunately, it can kind of be anything. So you're just going to have to think of what would be cool to be true about us playing this game and then just say it. And then we'll talk about if it makes, how it'll make sense. I have plenty of ideas, but I kind of want to get the vibe of what everyone else is putting in before I be like, no, it's dark and gritty or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Rule number one, everyone has to suffer. Rule number two, you can't complain about it. (laughs) Well, I I can say that there are already rules of existence in terms of like how the world is. That's why we have the map that I show of Avaria. So if to give you guys some context of I kind of say, and this is kind of almost my own uh, rule of existence, but I say that um, the world is, you know, splendiferous, wondrous, and dangerous. So that's that's very, like, broad, but it gives you an idea of how I'm building the world. But it's also giving, you know, everyone a lot of leeway of, like, what they add. So it is a, 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 a splendid place it's amazing it's wondrous uh but also dangerous in a lot of ways i have one that i like if y'all want me to just dive in yeah yeah take it off yeah go for it okay my rule is anything that you lose or give up in the game becomes a part of ivaria mm. oh forever <laughs> sorry i like that goodbye to your Twinkie. <laughs> <laughs> Twinkie Mountain. So wait, are we talking about it in sort of like a, a scavenging sense or in sort of a 
transmutative sense. Like if I drop a, let's say, for example, pair of glasses in Avaria, and the next time we visit, glasses are suddenly growing from trees. Is that what so you meant? That, that is yeah. up to interpretation of the world, which is me. <laughs> yep, that, that's where that, the DM that, decide. Yeah. Okay. That was I, the I way I was thinking that. of it. But. Yeah. So anything that you lose or give up when you are in the world, physically in the world of Avaria, yes. becomes a part of the world. Yes. I like that. I was imagining that even as like you go into the world and say, I want to give up my feeling of regret over a lie that I told. Mm -hmm. And then that feeling of regret stays there and becomes something. But when you leave, it's gone. You don't have it anymore. Okay. But of Ooh. course, that's up to interpretation as well. I think it, that's going to be really interesting, whatever in whatever form it takes. Mm -hmm. uh, in that case, I got one that might work with it. Uh, we up for that? Yeah. Hold on one second. Let me just finish writing. Because you, you kind of clarified that more of not only anything you lose or give up stays in the world, but you also don't take it with you. Yeah. So that's an important caveat to the rules. I just wanted to make sure I capture that. Okay. Uh, Caleb, you want to go next? Yeah. I'm thinking sort of a rule of adventuring or scavenging. So Ivaria is this magical, wondrous place where the rules don't exactly apply. You can give up emotions. You can, I don't know, jump on clouds if you want. So I'm thinking the things you could probably find there have this same sort of wondrous or inane property. One rule I'm thinking is if someone wants to go scavenging or adventuring or exploring, they may end up finding something like, oh, I don't know, a giant flower bulb that can hmm, that can act as a trampoline if you want. Okay. So what's the rule? Uh, the, see, that's where I think my thoughts differed. I wasn't thinking of it exactly as a rule. I was thinking of it as something added to the world. Hmm. Okay. It, it can be added to the world, but it needs to be added as a rule. So essentially, okay. being like, there can be those, you know, really cool items that can turn into trampolines, but then you need to make a rule of how they work and what they right. can do and what they can't do and what other people can do to them. Like, like a rule, like where nothing is a constant, so it can change mm -hmm. and mold over time. Oh, mm -hmm. Okay. So like uh, you can find a light and then it suddenly can turn into like a trampoline, like you were saying. Okay. Uh, I like guess like a rule of imagination in this case, where if you want something to exist, you have to sort of think it into being in a sense. Imagine it in this case, kind of like how, how do I describe it? Kind of yeah, like how... I get oh, it. You get I was going to okay. clarify, though. Do you want it to be thinking? Maybe a mix of thinking and feeling, because you have to really believe in Avaria to make it happen. Okay. And then if it's thinking and feeling, is that automatic or can you choose it? Hmm. At the risk of making it a little chaotic, I think we should make it some kind of role. Because if you fail the role, you could end up thinking or feeling something that you don't exactly want. Mm -hmm. And that would bring it into life. Yeah. I, I think of a... Avaria being like its own sentient being and your thoughts and feelings are not are like universal but not to everyone just the world so it can interpret those feelings and ideas and can choose to turn those Ooh. into reality okay, would, kind of like genie wishes that would be a different yeah. rule though so it sounds like uh caleb you would want the rule of imagination rules in terms of like, if you think and feel something, it can come into existence when you're on the in when you're in Avaria. That's one, that'd exactly. be one full rule. 
Okay. And then Willow, you can add to that rule if you want to be like, not only can you think and feel and it comes into being, but the land you're actually on can interpret it themselves. Yeah. Because like, it, I don't know. I just imagine it as it's like, it is its own. It's a sentient thing. Like the world around even whatever objects can be sentient. Like how you're talking about like uh, communicating, like even the, you could communicate with the ground. I think of like the entire world being that sort of thing that can communicate with you but not all of it will necessarily choose to and so it can choose to interpret it or not okay so this is what we have so far anything that you lose or give up when you are in the world of avaria becomes part of the world and does not leave with you imagination rules if you think or feel it it can physically manifest in the world and ivaria as a space and time and world itself is a sentient being of which you can communicate with and they can interpret your feelings and thoughts. I like that. Uh, my question is, what would it do with those interpretations and feelings? Like, would it change the world according <laughs> to... Great question. I think that's, again, <laughs> up to the DM. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. No. I mean, if, it, if it's its own sentient being, I think it would choose. Because if everything like isn't a constant, like, because uh, it's just just idea. <laughs> Like where everything isn't a constant, so it can change with like imagination. When shouldn't the world, since it's its own sentient being, also be able to use and change things towards its own imagination? Because it can interpret yours and possibly turn it into turn the itself into what you're imagining or feeling. Like watching television and getting a dream about it or something. Um, it could be, or it could be. Watching these strange beings come onto your world and give you something you've never experienced before, which is thoughts and feelings of humanity, and then mimicking them. So becoming human. Oh, God, we're going to verse zombies and like <laughs> doppelgangers and stuff. Oh, my God. No one watch any sort of doppelganger move. Doppelganger move before going to this world. Otherwise, we're going to have a serious problem on our hands. Caleb walks up to Willow. Hello there, Willow. How's it going? <laughs> no. <laughs> she will immediately punch you back. No, we're not doing this. Goodbye. Oh. <laughs> Here's the thing. Willow has punched Caleb before. So is that actual friend punch? Or is that get away from me? You're not Caleb punch. <laughs> get away from me. <laughs> Because, because if 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 he because if he were to come up to like let's say he already goes behind like a bush and then suddenly just appears <laughs> randomly Caleb. around her and just goes hi Caleb like hi Willow he's just like no hi Caleb how's it going Caleb oh Caleb you're so nice <laughs> oh my gosh I was you could be friendly doppelgangers <laughs> now this is already a wealth of possibilities <laughs> loving it but we have one more yes. Um, the idea I have, and I'm trying to gonna try and phrase it as a rule. It sounds a little vague, so that's probably good. Is when a a, a tax collector is always born when a gift is given in an avaria. A tax collector? I don't. Know. Does that mean if something is given in the world, there's a part of it that's always taken? I'm not sure. I think is that what you're trying to say? the general idea I've or... been trying to mull over is if a deal is made or a gift is given, there's something out there that is created. Uh, and whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's something connected to the deal that was made or the gift that was given. Okay. So I like 
So I think because we already have a rule talking about something you lose or give up. Yeah. I think yours would be good if we just stuck with deals. Yeah. Um. So let's flush that out. Okay. So essentially something happens when you make a deal in Avaria. My general idea is there's no free rides. If you make a deal in Avaria, you can't get out of it. There's always something that will make you complete the deal or there's something that will come after you to make sure that there's always a toll taken. Yeah. So number one, deals are binding. Yes. Essentially. And number two, um, very much the, the rule of nothing is given for free. So, I mean, that, that is kind of what a deal is. It's an exchange yeah. of things. But are you saying that deals in Avaria are, all, are, Avaria are always uneven? Or like... Or can they be equal? When you, like can, you can make a deal, but when you make a deal, Avaria will create something to make sure that that deal comes to fruition. At both sides of the ah. deal are made. So whether it's the land itself changing to make sure the deal happens, or it's a creature that's been created to come and make sure that you finish what you've started. Interesting. Okay. Let me write so, this down. So, like, just to get like, an idea of this. So let's say that they make a deal with the land for some someone or for it to somehow lead them to maybe a place that they've heard of in the world so it creates a creature that's like a tour guide mm -hmm. but in return they give it something mm, like maybe. like maybe yeah. like uh, yeah, maybe sandwich. no more yeah, no vague, but i i think <laughs> the rule is that deals in avaria are binding yes and binders, which I don't know if that's going to be the name that I give them, but essentially binders are created by Avaria and they will be assigned to those who make the deal to make sure that the deal completes. Yeah. There's always. What that'll look yeah. like, nobody knows. Yeah. Now, one thing I'm going to, I'm going to go back through all of you guys and clarify the time. So I'll start with you, Jimmy. Is this, so, and I don't think I need to do, uh, juke because you said the word forever but yeah. for jimmy if you are in the world of avaria this happens yeah. so when you leave avaria does this follow you that's the first question i almost think it won't let you leave avaria until the deal is done mm. okay or it would be something where it follows you both work either way Avaria makes sure that you either you will make pay the due. You'll, you'll keep your side okay. of the deal. It is All, following is scarier. Yeah, that, that also <laughs> is scary. Okay, so it is forever. Yes. Now, when you say forever, what does that mean? Does that mean till death? I think yeah, death would be the final toll if you have no other way to pay, but. I would also want to leave it up to your like interpretation of how you want Ivaria to take its part of the deal. Okay. So I will just put forever and we will leave that as it is. Uh, back to Willow. Ivaria is a sentient being and can communicate with you, 
and interpret your own world. Now, again, does that only happen when you are in the land of Avaria or does it happen? Can you figure out how to communicate with the world even when you're outside of it? I think depending, because you did mention something about like having the game pieces. Mm-hmm. So what so what if people who have or like are holding the game pieces, they are able to somewhat communicate with the world. But okay. in order to fully communicate with it and like transpire have stuff transpire, you have to be in the game. Okay. So you need some type of connection, which could be a game piece or something from the world of Avaria, to actually try to communicate at least. Yeah. Okay. Um, And then another question on that. Is this something that anyone can do? Or do you have to be special? I think anyone can do it, but if what but if like something specific like try try to think I think for some people, depending on how attached possibly the world is to them or they are to the world, like how much I guess they believe they can accomplish and learn more about the world than the others, okay. And then, can this communication be attempted at any time? Like, any time during the day, any time during the year? Is there any rule you want to add to this, or any caveat that you want to add to where this wouldn't be possible? I do not think it would be possible in, like, a public setting. Hmm, okay. Excellent. Caleb? Imagination yes. rules. You can think and feel anything into being while you're on the world. Is there a way that can happen in the real world? Hmm. To play into, I believe it was uh, Jimmy's rule. Mm-hmm. Normally, there isn't a way to bring whatever you think and feel into the real world. But if you happen to make a deal with Avaria you could temporarily bring what you wanted to that world as long as you fulfill the deal and bring it back. Otherwise, well, dealers will come for you. Okay. And then, uh, Juke, anything you wanted to add to yours? You kind of already said forever. You said anything you lose or give up. Do you want to finalize any of that language or change anything or add anything? No, I think I'm good. Okay, then we have our five rules of existence spoken into uh, the ether by the players themselves. No going back. Set in stone. I will be uh, writing these up and putting these in the Discord um, probably after we finish today. I'm really curious if using Avaria's power counts as making a deal or not. It does not. Okay. Mainly just because you all are writing these these ideas into existence, but um, out of everyone here, I'm the only one that actually knows what Avaria is. So I can I can answer that question <laughs> for you. No, it doesn't. That's good. Um, but these rules are magnificent. 
uh, I'm already thinking of many, many fun adventures you all can go on um, uh, to incorporate these rules. So excellent. Okay, we are going to take another break, stretch our legs, get some water, um, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about Avaria even more and really flush that out. Avaria tastes like. <laughs> Sorry, what the question caught me off guard. Uh, the air in Avaria tastes fresh, like a forest, like going hiking, actually. And what is this? Uh, so it also smells that same way. Yeah. Oh, sorry. You you asked taste, not smell. No, I asked. Uh, Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it okay. it smells and I guess tastes like a wooden trail, I guess. Like how you'd feel or smell when you're in a forest. All right. Okay. Now, Willow. What is the color of the sun in Avaria? <laughs> kind I'm kind of thinking of like there's a weird, like, eclipse sun. Mm. Yeah. A what sun? Like an, like an eclipsed sun. So it's, like, black, but it has, like, that rim of light. And it's just, and, and it just, may, maybe, like, more of, like, a pinkish, like a pinkish red color. Pretty. Okay, pinkish red. Now, is it... Is it a real eclipse in terms of like it's because there's a shadow of like the moon over it, or is it actually eclipsed? Like the like the sun is not a circle. I think I think it like just has that appearance that it's an eclipse, but okay. it doesn't have like the same effect of like an, an actual eclipse. Okay, so it okay. is a circle. Like the actual sun is a circle. Yeah. Okay. And then I guess that asks, what does the moon look like? What color is it? Does it have a moon? Does it have more than one moon? I kind of imagine there being like more than one moon. Like it just amplifies that sort of like mysterious feel of it. Okay. How many? Gosh. All right. Numbers. <laughs> uh, you know what dice roller yes right. <laughs> d100 oh no <laughs> you know what yeah let's do, do nah, nah, I'm, I'm just i'm just gonna do a d20 99 moons <laughs> oh my god i guess five moons 
Okay. Five moons. And then what do they look like? What color are they? Are they circular? I think each would, like, each would be, like, a different phase of, like, the actual moon. Mm. It's, like, one would be, like, a full moon, one, then, like, the rest would be, like, each, like, type of crescent moon. Interesting. Okay. Uh, what color are they? I think, I think each would be, like, a varying shade of blue. Like, the full moon would probably be, like, this clear, but, like, slightly dark, darky ocean tone. Then the smaller they get, like, the lighter that tone gets. Interesting. Okay, it's like a gradient of shades of blue. Yeah. Name or describe a monster or beast that is only real in Avaria. So the image that came to my mind was like a really large kind of slender bear with six legs and antlers Ooh. <laughs> um <laughs> okay like deer antlers deer antlers yeah like a big rack of antlers uh, wow. And it see it seems more mysterious than menacing, at least in in the picture that just popped into my head. Um, and it is called. Um, hmm. Let me think about that for a second. Sure. Uh, is it a like a black bear or polar bear or a is it a weird colored bear? I think I think I think it only comes out at night, and it appears dark, um, just sort of shadow. Okay. Who have I not asked? Did I ask everybody a question? No, uh, me. Okay, Jimmy. Do you need to eat and drink to survive in Avaria? I would say no, but. Eating and drinking in Avaria seems more enjoyable. The food tastes richer, and the feasts seem bigger, but you never necessarily feel hungry. Do you feel full? Yeah, I'd say so. Kind of that contented full, like, after you've eaten, but not eaten too much. Excellent. And then, is there a edible or drinkable substance that's only in Avaria. I think that there's a tree that you can find where if you tear off the bark, it crumbles away like um like cornbread. And if you were to eat it, it tastes interesting world you all have come up with. Um and I will also uh answer a question um since I had 5 um, my question is to name a magical creature that is not a monster, or one I wouldn't consider a monster, that's uh, only real in Avaria. And I am going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to say the fae. I was going to do a witch, but witches, I want witches to be real. Um, but there's no, essentially there's no such thing as like, 
real fairies or fae in the real world, but you could find them in Avaria. Okay, those were all of my questions about Avaria. We kind of have a good start.